Welcome, everybody, back to Pick and Roll, the NBA betting show. It goes live every weekday morning right here on the Board YouTube channel, the Hammers NBA content division. And after the small slate yesterday with two bets, we're on today with three bets for a much bigger slate of action. So if you guys have been cashing in this season, it's been a profitable season thus far, looking to keep that going today, smash that like button. Help us try to get up to triple digits on the likes once again. We had 99 a couple days ago, but we want to get to 100 today. So hit that like button. And as well, please make sure if you're not subscribed already, please ensure you do so. So you're up to date on all the content we have here on the board HQ again for the channel. So today, like I said, there's three picks on the way for you guys. Two of which are in one game Then we have a third bet in a separate game, but interesting handicaps on two very different plays involved with my Raptors here. We're going to the Nuggets and Raptors games. Nuggets visiting the Scotiabank Arena tonight. And we are taking, first of all, a plus 100 SGP at BetMGM. This is 104 at ESPN. Bet if you have access, but it's Siakam under 23 and a half points. And we're taking Michael Porter Jr., 10 plus points. Don't like betting against the Raptors, but in this one, there's a very good reason why. Second play is on a Raptors player to go over on a line. It's Jakob Pertl over nine and a half points, minus 130. Live viewers. Get this one while you can. It is minus 130 at 365 and ESPN Vet. It's minus 135 at Bet MGM. I have suspicions this nine and a half is not going to be around a lot today. We love this handicap. We love this play today. It's brought to my attention. Big fan of this one. Third play is in the Hawks and Rockets game. And we're going back to our boy. Finally here, we have some Alperin Shengun action. We're taking him 15 plus points. And Sadiq Bay under 15 and a half points. That's minus 120 at BetMGM. I don't need to tell you. It's better at ESPN Bet if you have access to that. All right. First play. We have the Siakam on the under, Porter on the over. Talk to us about this play and why we're backing it today. So main main part of this bet is Pascal Siakam under. He is under this line in 18 out of 26 games this season. And it's not about like his unders against good teams. His average against good teams is like below 20 points a game. He boosted his average in the best possible matchups in the entire season. So I'll just read out some overs that he hit this season. It was 39 against the Washington Wizards, the worst defense in the league. Then 36 against the Indiana Pacers, the second worst defense in the league. <laughs> then had 33 and 31 against the Hawks in Dallas, top five worst defensive teams. Then had uh, 27 and 25 against the Hornets, also one of the worst defensive teams in the league. The only good team that he went over this line was Miami Heat, but they were without Bam at the bottom. So that's like not a great defense either. So he's boosting his numbers in easy matchups against four teams. And now gets the Aaron Gordon cover, who is physically capable to match up with him great. Jokic probably on the level of hedging the screens and taking away his mid-range and his drive. And also Denver Nuggets allowing the third least points to opposing power forwards. Last season, he had 19 and 12 against the Denver Nuggets. So yeah, this is not a great spot for Siakam to, go, to score a lot of points. And the second part of this bet is Michael Porter Jr. Over this line in 80 out of 87 games so far this season, when uh, over the last two seasons, when he gets 25 or more minutes. 
And also, this is a, a good matchup for him. Uh, there will be some transition opportunities. There will be some wide open trees opportunities. Uh, Raptors are not a lot of wide open trees. Yeah, yeah. Not also if they decide to help on Jokic inside, MPJ will have some a lot of good looks. Last season, I think he had 20 and 23 against the Raptors. So we are going just with 10, just to add something to it. Pascal Siakam, and that's it. Yeah, the the Raptors don't cover three point uh, open shooters. They they leave a lot of shooters open. Rather, they don't cover shooters very well. They don't cover off ball extremely well. So this is a good spot for for Michael Porter. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter uh, on Michael Porter Jr. today. We only had the ten line here because we're bet. It's pretty much the the uh, main meat of this bet is from Siakam's side of things. So um, yeah, I also be- expect OG to be on Jamal. So. Yeah. I uh, I agree. I mean, they should at least point of attack defense have been an issue for the Raptors. And uh, Phoenix say, I know Jay wants to punch his monitor listening to those Pascal stats. On top of all this, the Raptors don't use Pascal very well. Dark Rayakovic's new coach doesn't use Pascal very well. So a lot of reasons why the 23 and a half makes sense. Okay. What doesn't make sense here is that this line being nine and a half on Jakob Pertl to go over nine and a half. We have it at minus 130. As I said previously, and Pips, let's go to the handicap for this one. Yeah, this is, this one is insane. I expect it to be to be a little hell, but if you take a look, like whenever he gets the minute, he he's covering this. So this is Pascal. Uh, this is Jacob. Jacob, when he gets uh, 23 or more minutes, plus 20 games so far this season, over in 15, at 75% win rate against this line in any matchup this season like not even a positive matchup like today like any matchup this season when he gets 23 or more minutes he's over the line 75 percent if you take a look the unders like it's unders against miami heat against 76ers like that's pretty difficult spot for him overs against the hawks even against the knicks that crazy game he went over against mitchell robinson like terrible difficult matchup uh overs against the Boston Celtics, like also a very difficult matchup. So now he gets one of the best in the league. Uh, uh, Denver Nuggets allow the fourth most uh, points to opposing pick and roll the roll mans. So they are with Jokic being on the level. They have they made mistakes behind with rotation. Also, while all leave players wide open sometimes for the roll. And Jokic is not like trying that hard on defense on on the bigs like he can sometimes forget someone in the dunker spot and he gets shot over himself like Diego Diego has his floater and that game should be wide open for most of the game and yeah uh also uh Jacob is pretty good in so he scores more all of his points via transition or pick and roll Roman and uh, then there are below average in transition defense too as well so Everything it looks great. And if you take a look at the last couple of games against Jokic, the last four games, three overs, easy overs, and one under. So, yeah, this this looks like a, I'll honestly say like 70% win bet, if it's winner bet, maybe even 75. This is a bit overreaction of the last game when he played low minutes because Raptors went small. And there is no way they can go small against Nikola Jokic. I actually think they could be playing Jacob maybe even 30 minutes tonight. Because they need to match up his uh, defense and size against the Jokic. Like this is one of the rare matchups when you need Jacob to play as, ma- as many minutes as possible. 
and especially he's a good threat you know on offense against Jokic too yeah uh you I mean you said everything you need to say about this matchup there's going to be a lot of Dennis Schroeder pick and rolls today Jokic playing up on that there's, there's going to be looks for Pirtle and, and honestly like even even despite this being like a good Pirtle matchup for points, like this is a game as well, minutes wise that are going to be there. Last game was the first time in a very long time. They closed small. Like the only real way the Raptors even consider going small is if Gary Trent's playing really well, he hasn't done that a lot this season. So isn't probably a big appetite to close with that lineup again. And like you said, you need that size. You're playing against Nikola Jokic today. So uh, there's clearly something that the books are missing on this one. So hopefully we take advantage on the bet. Third play is in the Hawks and Rockets game. It's not unlike us to go to the Rockets because um, on this show, because Pitt's a big Rocket fan. He knows the Rockets really well. And one guy who's been successful this season for us is Alfred Shengu. We're taking him over on 15 plus and we're taking Sadiq Bay under 15 and a half. You're also a, a bit of a Hawks fan as well, so this is right up your alley in terms of the handicap. Yeah, this is like I know both teams very well, so I'm going with uh, this combination. First off, uh, Sadiq Bay is not going over this line a lot. As we can see like in the graphic, uh, he's all under this line in 18 out of 24 games so far this season uh, with Trey Young. Uh, when Triang is playing, Hunter is back now. He had some unders even with Hunter out and Bogdan Bogdanovic out. They all should be back tonight. And we take a look at, at his overs. Those overs are like the overs are like against the, his Pistons, who played terrible defense. A lot of game played some zone. He had some easy looks. Again, over against the Pistons, like two overs are, are against the Pistons and. Yeah, I mean, that's just something I would even look at uh, as him going over the line. Uh, the he scores the most point. The handicap is mostly by this. This uh, he scores forty percent of his points via transition. Houston Rockets the best transition defense by far. By far the best uh, the transition defense in the league, number one, and he scores. Other 45% of his points via spot up, and Houston Rockets are one of the best at defending spot up. I think they are by far the best at defending corner trees, and that's where uh, most of the base points are coming from. And yeah, I just think like he is not hitting this line, and this is one of the worst matchups for him the entire season. Rockets play slow, allow the least points per game, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Least possessions, slow pace, great defense. Uh, yeah, like everything that goes in favor of uh, Bay, usually this is like complete opposite for him. And on the other side, Alper and Shengun, he's killing this line this season whenever he gets 25 or more minutes, as we can see. Though this one under was against Memphis, best probably defense in the league. Uh, the pick and roll, roll man, and uh, Orlando Magic was a ball out, but it was first game of the season under Udoka, so they didn't use uh, Shengun as well. Uh, this one, Capella probably being defending him in a single coverage. And <laughs> if anyone watched the last game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, he was in foul trouble playing, barely played, and he crushed this line. 
uh, on Jared Allen one on one. Like it was insane. They even double teamed him for most of the game, and he still crushed this line like easily. And overall, Hawks can do some blitzing on the on the pick and rolls and showing high on the screen, which is just just open the game. But if they play drop coverage, pocket pass with Fred Van Fleet, it will be like that thing is working like a sh- like so he's so effortless the entire season. Fred Van Fleet two Alper and Shingun on the roll is, is was insane throughout the entire season, and I don't see being different tonight. But Hawks defense overall is not great. Uh, they are poor at defending uh, post ups, one of the worst. Uh, poor at defending isolation, poor at defending transition. That's like uh, Shengun is all around scorer. He's not like heavy, in, like he's heavy into pick and roll roll man, but he's scoring 20% of his points via transition, 10 point, uh, 10% of his points via isolation, 22% of his points via post up, even some spot up. Like he's over all around great players, and he'll always find a way to score no matter what. And this against Hawks, this should be like easy, easy, easy spot for Alfie. He he had a great. He had a couple of struggling games and then had a huge game against the Cleveland last game. So I think he's back. All right. So strong handicap there for the three plays. Big fan of all three of these numbers, as is um, Matt in chat. Smelling. Hopefully we can get a big day on the show, a 3-0 and day. That would be lovely midweek. Yesterday wasn't quite as lovely. This was a it, – it's difficult to say how to feel about this one. We get a pretty nasty hook loss on Devin Vassell. He goes 17 points. We needed 17 and a half, and he had 17 in the third. So we needed one more. But because of the blowout, somehow Branham gets in late, and Malachi Branham, who struggled mightily in this game, as pointed out as well in the chat by uh, by Green Chrome, you're saying Malachi played like some trash. Yes, he did, but somehow he covered by half a point. So a bit of a hook win as well. Now I haven't been showing the hook counter the famous hook counter from last season, this season yet, but I have been tracking it behind the scenes. Uh, Two and five on this season when it comes to losing or winning by half a point. Only counting, like, it's really got to be like 12 and a half or higher, or if it's like an assist line, like maybe a rebound line nine or higher on the line for it to be considered hook, or it would have to be a disgusting loss. So like when Ben Matherin has a toe on the line for the three, that would have... Covered a bet that is a hook loss to me, so I'm subjectively counting it as fair as possible two and five on this season. But on this day, yeah, we talked about it, but like, how do we feel about this? We had a nasty loss and then we had a miracle win. <laughs> I'll explain just my process with it. It was great, it felt great because we first have a loss on the hook. That felt terrible. And then suddenly we have Brian in and we, we win in this split. Like, thank so God. You like, were you were is... you were already accepting 0 and 2 day, and then yeah. Brandon bail us out is how you treated it. Yeah. And okay. interesting thing about this, but I had him privately in the last game, and he did exactly the same. Last minute <laughs> of the game, covering by a, by one point, like insane stuff. And that shot last game when I battled him. I needed a three uh, to win. It was one minute left, and he shot the the ball, and it was like that Kawhi shot, like three bounces on the on the rim, and it went in, and like, yo, it's a winner. So yeah. if if I win uh, another 
cook, positive cook on brand, he's going to be the first member of Pip's uh, Hall of Fame for Hall sure. Fame. <laughs> it's insane stuff from Brown. <laughs> yeah, uh, as somebody, I was out yesterday. I wasn't watching the game, so somebody just box score surfing. Um, it did it like it maybe feels a bit worse, but like watching it, I can see how you're, you're accepting that it's going to be zero and two, and somehow he carries. I mean, I looked at halftime. Uh, Brandon had two points. I was like, okay, that's a loss. But I saw Vassell was like, okay, we could get there with him. So uh, uh, honestly, look, yeah, go ahead. Honestly, my 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 approach to this was like, okay, Vassell will clear the line in the three quarters, and then we'll have the entire fourth quarter of Brown playing in a blowout. Yeah, that, that, that was I, the idea. You're right. Yeah, that was the idea, and so I wasn't afraid about Brand first half two points. Right. I was more afraid that it wasn't a blowout, so he won't be back on the court. But it was so. I mean, if it wasn't a blowout, probably Vassell stays three more minutes and then covers the line. So I think we are we are destined to for one on one one day, no matter what. But uh, definitely, we would have expected the one and one to go the other way, um, as it the was, anyways. With, the problem but. with Vassell was he played some most minutes when Brook Lopez was not playing. So he was he wasn't playing against drop coverage. Like they 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 put uh, Brook Lopez on Sohan. So when they, they played pick and rolls, it was against Yanis, and Yanis was high on the screen and took away uh, mid range for Vassell, which causes trouble. That's why he had like even in that scenario he almost covered, but uh, yeah, made life difficult for Vassell. Sohan is I don't know if we. I, if you can name one player, one worse starter in the entire NBA than Sogan. I know he's young, but he sucks. Like One worse starter? Top of my head? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies lately, and <laughs> they've been starting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like when someone is like started for three games. like Bismack Biombo has been starting all season. I get those injuries. Bismack is a place. Great rebounder and rim protector, at least. Yeah, I don't know. It's insane. Like I think, I think Sohan's decent. I think they're using him wrong, which is unfortunate to his game. <laughs> I mean, last game he played, didn't play a point, and still sucked. He like Boy. when he shoots the three and it's complete air ball, and then he goes to the layup and it's he. And then he last night he air balls the wide open back. So yeah. I mean, oh it's it look it's look rusty for him. Like, I know he's young and he'll probably improve and get there, but yeah, no, not great so far. I need uh, people in the chat to top your head. Who is your opinion the worst starter, consistent starter in the NBA? I want to see some names. Javon says it's Bismack as well. But to be fair, Stephen Adams is out injured. If he wasn't injured, then uh, of course Bismack yeah. would not be starting. But even still, I mean, this is some. This Memphis team is tough, but maybe uh, Isaiah Stewart. He's yeah, this season, yeah, and yeah, that's that's yeah. We need to go to, to those terrible teams, especially <laughs> starting uh, Isaiah Stewart at the four. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin is the next one probably on my list. He shouldn't be starting uh, oh, over wow. Naismith. Like no, no, no chance. I agree. Naismith is very good, and he's been very yeah. good for a while. They don't really, they don't rate him better yeah, and Topin on almost every aspect of the game. So I thought Topin would actually take a, a jump this season. Um, yeah, but, because like high paced games, so many, many transitional wide open dunks for him. He's great in transition. That's that's it. 
And Nesmith is better on defense, better shooter, and better for a team or better team player. So I don't see it, but I think it will switch over, over the next couple of weeks. Here's another good one. Dean Wade. That's um, uh, <laughs> that's in the conversation. He hustles. Yeah. Uh, you I mean, know what? Dean Wade hustles. I don't want to disrespect him. He does, I mean, when they're he healthy, he's out of the, when they're healthy, they're, he's almost out of the rotation, but I get it. Like, when Mobley and Garland are out, he's up there for sure. Capra Taylor's worst starters, uh, not in this era, but every starter that Jordan had at the Chicago Bulls other than Bill Cartwright. I, uh, yeah, they, they had some type of, who was the, was it Longley? I think the starter during like the, the prime years, um, 95, I think, I think it was, I think it was Longley. Yeah. There, man, in, in, in former NBA, uh, in like the late earlier stage of the NBA, not even early stage, the nineties NBA, if your center was big, that was, that was all you needed. You just need to be big and take up space. Like I, the NBA's involved so much spoke about something interesting last night with Javon. Uh, he said, like, imagine uh, JB Valanciunas with his skill set back in the day when they all they did is post up, like, he would be insane. Like, oh my that goodness. era. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he would. They, it's just so many bigs yeah. just had such limited skill set then, but it didn't matter. Like, like that just, yeah. that was fine. I, I guess there's some players these days who literally only can shoot and are Maybe we'll look back on these guys down the line. It's like, man, like all he could do is shoot, but he started for like really good teams his whole career. But I don't know. Shooting seems to be shooting seems to be important. I, I guess just every era, there's there's guys who can shoot who don't do anything, but they have roles. So it'll be interesting to see maybe down the line what we look back on uh, as what was weird about this era. Okay, we are speaking about the Grizzlies and Bismack Biombo and how bad that team is, but perhaps a boost has arrived for this team. John Morant has returned for the Memphis Grizzlies after his 25-game suspension. Couldn't come soon enough. They were 6-19 and when he returned yesterday, and we thought, well, maybe John Morant would have a slow start. I saw a lot of people betting on John Morant overs and unders, not really knowing what to think about this, but John Morant goes off. 12 of 24 shooting, 34 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, a block as well. Yes, 5 turnovers. Yes, 0 of 5 from 3, but... A game winner on top of this impressive box score buzzer beater to win this game over a pretty good New Orleans Pelicans team. Impressive from Ja Morant. Anything, any comments you have on this game and Ja's performance? So he went against the best pick and roll defense and a team that allows the least points from the paint or at the rim. So one of the best teams that they're defending his type of play and he had an insane game. I, I actually believe that he will come back with a splash, but looking at the matchup, I thought like that will be difficult. But he had an insane game. That game winner is like total confidence booster back in the first game. And it was against Herb Jones in isolation. And even Jason Daniel came to help in double team and he threw out he completely fucked them <laughs> with that spin and made the, the big game winner and I think I don't know for the for the Memphis do they want to come back to the winning with Memphis and barely fight for the plane or they should just tank and get I would pick it's 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 it's, it's a wow. big question for 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 me. I I think I think we're still I know they're seven ninety I think we're still early enough that if they go on a run by February 
they could feel like they can still make the play in tournament. And this was like, this was like one of those cringe teams last year in terms of like mentality monster and whatever they like, that's all they care about. So I struggle to see this team kind of laying back also for, um, for Jenkins, the coach, like job got to be on the line right now with how bad this team is. I don't think he's just going to kind of lay low on this team. So Unless there's conversations with the front office, but I I think this team will be pushing to win games right now. I think he's a good coach. I I don't, I don't think uh, he he has terrible he has terrible team. He get he had team without like they're it's insane, but they're decimated. They, like, they're absolutely decimated. Like like uh, yeah, even Adams is such a good player. John Morant out, yeah. Smart out, Adams out, and Adams and Smart being out is also huge for defense, and they still had great defense. Which is kind of insane. Uh, Bain, who was like spot up shooter two years ago, needed to take over a uh, first option, uh, which is he did kind of decent, but their offense was terrible, very stagnant. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but good reps for Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. for the future, at least. Yeah. Like they had so many games that when they were the go to guys, and it was an insane clip when they asked. Uh, John uh, Morant went for to Desmond Bain before the last play. Oh yeah, and asked him, "Do they want to run post up for Jaren Jackson?" Or, 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 and yeah, Desmond just said, "Nah, this is your time, your spot, your back." And he said, "Fuck yeah. that, you you get the ball or something." <laughs> That's what he said to John. <laughs> John Morant over the last six, seven games, averaging thirty points a game. Like he he did score a lot of points. I think he's actually underrated on the offense when he is not in the foul trouble and he can be aggressive. He, he he's he's very good on offense. Like I don't think people realize that, but Jen Jackson Jr. is very good on offense. Go ahead, go ahead, finish. Sorry. But he'll always pin in some some guys and get like fouls and then he will be passive in offense because he's like insanely low IQ player and he'll just get into the, some like fouls. He always do like at least two like spin into the charge every game and stuff. It's insane how like low IQ but he's so skilled because he has such a huge wingspan that he can just put ball over players. Like it was insane. Rockets were double teaming him and he scored 40 points. It, it, it was insane to, to watch. The Desmond Bain breakout uh, was not surprising to me, but Jaron Jackson is one. I wouldn't say it's surprising, but I, I've always been cautious about being optimistic about his offensive upside. But in times last season when guys were injured and he had to step up, he did. And this season, but he's had to step like, like the team stinks. But like, I mean, look at the people they're starting. Like Bismack Biamba was starting for this team consistently, right? But Jaron Jackson, yeah. It's nice to see him being able to take strides on the offensive end because that was always a question yeah, about him. The, the, the worst thing about Jaren Jackson is I don't know what to think about his shooting. Like sometimes he make it look so effortless on those pod up threes. Sometimes he can hit like any pod up three. Yeah. It, it, it's insane. And yeah, he can shoot 35% from those. Yeah, he's kind of very good offensive player too. So, so um, We'll see. I mean, how serious are you taking this Grizzlies team now? Are like, are you going to upgrade them big time in market? Do you think that like looking at like potential spreads going forward could be an interesting look for the Grizzlies? Or you still think that like there's a lot more of evidence needed to suggest that this team is going to be decent again? I think they they are going to be decent. John Morant 
is all they all they need because their defense is great. They just need someone to, to score. Like, and then Smart comes back and yeah, I I did expect some more improvement from there, like Zaire Williams and Rody and some other guys. Man, and I'm Alabama sick, I'm sick and, of the Zaire Williams. Yeah. Like, oh, he's yeah. gonna get better this year. He never gets better. Yeah, and. <laughs> I mean, Adams being out is big for him for them. If they, like if they had Adams back and Smart, if they go in playing, you don't want to play Memphis at all. Like you'll be scared to play Memphis. But yeah. without Adams, Jaren Jackson just not consistent enough, and they can lean on him because he can get in foul trouble every game. And then they have Bismarck Biombo playing 30 minutes at five, which is just not serious team. I wonder if uh, they actually would be a buyer towards the deadline for a center just. Maybe even, I don't know, like, I can't think of any examples, but if there's an expiring contract at center or a Drummond. center that's available. Sorry? <laughs> Drummond. Drummond. Well, I, don't, I don't know if Drummond <laughs> fixes all this. Jeez, is he, is he better than Bismack? He's probably better than Bismack, isn't he? Yeah. I'm just well, joking. It's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, honest, but it's, honestly, he, he could be better. He might be better than Bismack. It actually might be yeah. worth the look for them for the rest of the season. Uh, anyways, Memphis, a team to potentially look out for with John Morant back. But that will do it for our show today. Let's go through the three bets that we have for today. Reminder, guys, if you're tailing these picks, smash that like button and also subscribe to the channel. Keep updated all the content. We want to hit 100 likes on today's stream, though. Help us get there, everybody, especially again, tailing these picks. Nuggets at Raptors, we have two bets. First of all, plus 100 at MGM for this SGP. Siakam under 23.5 points. Michael Porter Jr., 10-plus points. Second play, also same game. As I said, we're going Pirtle over 9.5 points, minus 130 at 365 or ESPN at the time of week that we gave it out. Minus 100 MGM. I think that this, I honestly think this gets to 11.5 by the time the game goes live. Third, third bet here is in the Hawks and Rockets game. We have Sadiq Bey under 15 and a half points. Alperen Sengun, 15 plus points. That has been your show today. Reminder, all the content on the channel that we have over here. We go live every morning, 9.45 a.m. Eastern time. And Thursdays, which is tomorrow, we have this show as well as myself and Kirk Evans at 2.30 p.m. for weekly NBA takeaways and some additional betting. So get those notifications turned on. Subscribe to the channel. And hey, ten, nine minutes time. The Hammers NHL division goes live with their weekday morning show, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. That goes live at Edgework HQ. They have been crushing it on the NHL this season. So if you want more winning picks, you can go there right after this one and get your fix in the NHL as well. So thank you again, guys. We'll be back for some more NBA action tomorrow. Again, 9.45 a.m. Eastern time with Pick and Roll. Thanks so much for watching.